Hello, and welcome to Living Word Ministries, where everyone is a winner. Join us as we rightly divide the word of truth. Or oh, we are recipients of rejection. Not because we like it, but because sometimes we have to do it. Some are good rejections, and some will say, what is a good rejection? We'll talk about that later. And some are rejections that the way it comes across damages that person for the rest of their lives. Why is there so much about mental health out there today? It's because people have been rejected one way or another. If I was going to ask by show of hands, how many people have been rejected? How many people have not faced any sort of rejection? You haven't? <laughs> no, 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 that's right. You've never faced any sort of rejection? Because the first question I would ask you is that, did you get the first job you applied for? Did you get the first school? The first university? So at some point or another in our lives, we would face some sort of rejection. What we now do with that rejection depends on us. Now, like I said earlier on, I was speaking to this cousin of mine and there was a certain person in my life at a certain stage I grew up as a tomboy. Some of you might know this, right? <laughs> Obviously, my sister. And I hung around with a lot of guys for two reasons. One, it helped me to understand how guys operate. And two, because I felt I could trust them. But if you grow up in a society like Nigeria, right? and the local community see you hanging around with guys, they only have one thing in mind. <laughs> so um, at one point, there was a certain person that said to me, no, uh, and this was a discussion between that person and somebody else, and they, it, the words went like, oh, don't worry about her, she'll soon get pregnant and just start popping out babies. And I thought, well, is that what this person thinks of me? But you know what? That made me so, 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 so determined to prove him wrong. Because that was not who I was. And for a lot of us, when we hear words of rejection, words that pull us down. What we do is we sit down there and we have a pity party where we're the only one having the teas and the coffees and the biscuits. We cry, we wipe out, oh, poor me. Oh, this is what's been said. And we just live that life right through. 
It's a shame there was a video clip that I was I wanted us to show, but we can't, obviously, because of the technical situations. But when someone rejects you, you don't have to sit down there. That should make you more determined that you are going to prove them wrong. So let's look at definitions. What, what, does, what does it actually mean to say rejection? It says to throw out as worthless, as useless, as substandard, to pass over or to skip, especially to deny acceptance, to deny care or love to someone else. That's Webster's definition of it. But I like this definition, which is by a man called Charles R. Solomon. He wrote The Rejection Syndrome. He says, it's simply the absence of meaningful love. Last week, we were talking about Father's Day, and Dad talked about, you know, the acronym CARE. You know, a father is there. You care for your son. You're responsible. You're accessible. You're available. You encourage them. This is all part of nurturing. This is all part of how you show love. And when you ask people who feel that they have been rejected and are riding in the boat of rejection, as in they're sitting there, they're not, you know, that's all they know. When you speak to people like that, you'll find that somehow they have been denied meaningful love. Now, I'm not talking about when the establishment rejects you. I mean, you want to open a bank account or you want to get a mortgage. I'm talking about close relationship rejection, where a father rejects you, a mother rejects you, a wife, a husband, a child, you know, someone very close and dear to you. You know, do you realize that the closer someone is to you, the more painful the rejection would be? <laughs> and sometimes these are sort of the lies that the enemy throws at us. You know, you've been rejected. So what does that mean? It means you're a failure. It means you don't measure up. It means you're inferior. You're unwanted. Nobody wants you. There are people who think that they don't actually deserve to be treated well. And that's why you find some times when you find, especially women who have been battered, you know, or even men, to be honest, there are men now that get battered by their wives. And they feel, oh, it's my fault. Oh, they caused it. Because that's the lie of the enemy. Some people feel that they're unworthy of love. Every single person that God has created is worthy of love. And that is why God showed that example through his son, Jesus Christ. And they lead to emotions, all sorts of emotions all over the place. People are depressed, you know, they, they feel they're not worthy. You have suicidal feelings because, you know, they've been rejected. Their lives can't go on. Everything comes to a standstill. There's a fear of expressing themselves. You know, you try and talk to someone and the next thing is, boom, that wall goes up. 
they become like that turtle, you know, who keeps his head under his shell. I've been hurt once, I don't want to be hurt again. And that's why sometimes you find some people find it difficult to open up because they have been hurt in the past. But if that's you today, God is saying, I'm going to deliver you. All things have passed away. Behold, all things. It's time for us to receive that love, the love of God. We're talking about fathers not being just instructors in the house. You know, sit down there. Just do this and do that and don't ask questions. But that's not the sort of heavenly father that we have. We have a father that we want to just sit at his feet, drink from his cup, lay our heads against his chest, almost literally, to be able to come to a father that we can say anything to. David says, where would I go from your presence, God? Nowhere. And David had that relation. Did he not mess up? He did, big time. But but the Bible still says, God said of David, he is a man after my own heart. David was rejected. But he still knew where to go back to. And that's why God's saying to us today, whatever area of your life that you feel that you have been rejected, don't stay down there. God has something better and bigger in store for you. I've shared a number of testimonies when it comes to situations that are faced at work. But you know what? I have kept my eyes on God. The worst situation I had, I shared with Will and Stephen then. I was so prepared. My job, I I thought, wow, that's it. My job was on the line. And that is why I always say, anyone we know that can encourage us, it doesn't have to be someone older. It could be your child that God would use to encourage you. When it came to the crunch, I was always on the phone to them. One, because they understood the industry in which I was in. I remember where one day said, don't, whatever happens, just don't do it. Just don't do it. Even if it means losing your job. But you know what the enemy would say? You've got a mortgage to pay. You've got bills to pay. You've got two children in the house. After all, they've asked you to do it. Why don't you just do it? But the same people who I said no to, the stone that the builders reject. We're talking about rejection. How do we respond? We can choose to rise above those situations. The video clip I was going to show was about a guy who was working very well, very diligent, got to work on time, did over and beyond what was expected. One day he goes into the office and his boss said to him, we don't need your services anymore. In the UK, it's not too bad because you get notice period. In the US, it's 
Thank you very much. Go to your desk, pack your things. That's the door. And that's it. And that was what happened to the guy. But as God would have it, within a short period of time, he became bigger and better than the manager that sacked him. And he drove into a, probably a hotel or restaurant. And as he came out with his fancy car, there was this guy, his old boss, standing there. And they, you know, they exchanged pleasantries. And the guy was like, wow, okay. But you know what? If he had not been sacked, he wouldn't have taken stock of his life. He wouldn't have known that there were other things that he could do. You know, some of us feel that, you know, once that door closes, that's the end. But it isn't. That's just the beginning. But what happens is we spend too much time looking at that door that's closed. That we don't see all the other doors God's opening for us. Am I speaking to someone this morning? The prison gate is open. Why are we still in there? Someone will say, shine your eyes. (laughs) Open your eyes. Open your spiritual eyes. As that door is closing, God, I thank you for that opportunity that you gave me all those years. I was losing my job, and God asked me to go and buy T.M. Louis, come on, cufflinks for the same ones that took my job away. But I did it, because that's what God wanted me to do. And whilst my daughter thought, oh, you know what, this woman has really worked. Let me, let me just take her on a vacation. While I was there, I got the same manager that did all the bits for me to live, sent an email. Can you please come back and work with us for a few months? I got back. The shocker of it was, how much do you want to be paid? The year before that, I got a pitiful salary increase. When I say pitiful, I mean pitiful. My staff, who I managed, were getting thousands. I got 600 pounds. But I kept my eyes on God. Because I know, I knew and I know, and I continue to know that no man is my source. God is our source. We're talking about rejection. The Bible says, when my father and my mother forsake me. My mom loves me to bits, and I know it. But if she was to forsake me, I have a God. If your husband forsakes you, if your wife forsakes you, if your child forsakes you, there is a God. Don't let's fall into the, emo- the, the emotions of self-condemnation, self-hatred. Someone's rejected me. I can't do anything anymore. 
depression. Depression has now become an official disease. Guilt, it's my fault. Someone who does not have the ability to love themselves cannot love anybody else. You can only give what you have. If you haven't got it, you can't give it. And rejected people who wallow in rejection cannot give love. So you find that if people have been rejected, they're bound to reject other people. Because they're not feeling love. And if they're not feeling love, they can't give love. And if you're not giving love, what are you giving? Negativity. I found people who feel, and I use that word, who feel that they have been rejected now become manipulative. They start to manipulate other people. They're playing the blame game. Oh, it's somebody else's fault. It's that person's fault. It's that person's fault. I have a friend that I've known for over 20 years. I mean, I've seen him go through, you know, him being single, him being married, going through issues. And every single time I encourage, I encourage, he goes, oh yeah, Jojo, I know, he calls me Jojo. I know Jojo, I know Jojo. So if you know, then do it. Why are you being negative? He'll be on a contract and the contract won't end for another two months, but he's scared already. I say, you should know there's a God. There is a God. The problem is when we've been rejected and we wallow in that, it's difficult for us to see what God has in store for us. You know, one thing I love about the Bible is that there is nothing new under the sun. Every single thing that we feel that we're going through, you can find it in the Bible. You know, I had to stop at some point. Because when you look, just four chapters, four steps into the Bible, you see rejection. Can you read Genesis chapter 4 for me, please? Just four chapters into the Bible. If there's rejection there. From the yes, please. Genesis chapter 4, 1 to 7. Genesis chapter 4, 1 to 7. <clears throat> now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock 
and um, and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And has your not and why has your countenance fallen? If you if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Amen. Amen. It's unfortunate that well he he lived out that <coughs> sin desire and he killed his brother. But that's the first few chapters of the Bible. There was already a rejection there due to the motive of his heart. So there's nothing new. And if you read through right through the Bible, and like I said, I had to stop at some point. Joseph was rejected. Rahab was rejected. Because she, she was isolated because of her lifestyle. The woman that Jesus met at the well was a rejected woman. She had been rejected by four men. She was on number five. But if you read the account of this woman, she could not go to the well at the same time that everybody else was going to the well. And that was why she chose that window to go to the well. So when you read through, there's so many. The woman with the issue of blood, she was a rejected woman. So many of them, right through the Bible. Now, 1 Samuel chapter 16, is all, is, it's, just, it's, it's an interesting one. We're not going to read it. But God says to Samuel, go and anoint David. Well, he didn't actually tell him that David, but he gets, he gets to Jason's place and says, can you line up your sons? And he brings up his sons one by one, one by one, one by one. And what happened? They were all rejected, weren't they? Because that was not the one God wanted. So they were all rejected in favor of David. So when you look at rejection, that seems to be, you know, a big thing now. It's something that's happened right through Bible days. It's something that's happening today. And it's something that would continue to happen. And that's why it's important that we understand how to deal with the rejection. You know, when, when, when people feel inferior, you find that's where they begin to isolate themselves. There's a fear factor that comes in. I'm not doing, I'm, I'm not doing good enough. And that's when you, you don't believe in yourself. So no matter what you do, does not seem to be good enough. And that's why I remember saying to someone, and I say this every so often, that it's better for you to stand out than for you to fit in. Don't do what the Joneses are doing. Be your own person. Be unique. Now someone says you're different. I said, no, I'm not different. I'm just unique. I haven't got the same DNA as anybody else. 
Even if I was a twin, I wouldn't have the same DNA. I would be myself. Because the Bible says I have been fearfully and wonderfully made. There aren't two of me anywhere. Otherwise, one of us would not be needed. And the same for each and every one of us. So what message am I trying to pass over today? You're not going to be the first, nor would you be the last to be rejected. You cannot be loved by everyone. And you, in turn, cannot love everyone. You can walk in love, but you cannot love everyone the same way. We try to please everyone, but it's impossible. And this is what people who sometimes have been rejected try to do. Oh, I want to please them. I want to please them so that I don't feel rejected. I don't feel alienated. But you can't. Because there are just some people that even if you cut off your head, it still would not be enough for them. The thing is, Jesus was rejected, wasn't he? So if Jesus was rejected, we are no different. But God is saying to us this morning, says, I have a solution. And like we sang that song, he is our way maker. He's the only one that has a solution for us. You need to understand that you are loved by the maker of the universe. The one who sent his son. I always say, if I was the only one on planet Earth, God would have still sent his son to die for me. That is how much he loves me. And I know that for my sake, he would move the heavens and the earth for me. We need to hear that. We need to know that. We need to get that in our spirits. We need to get that in our soul. We need to walk in that assurance. And only when we do that would we be able to accept. And we need to remind ourselves on a daily basis that even if nobody else loves us, our God loves us. You know, we have a saying in in Nigeria and Yoruba. He said, it cannot be, I'm trying to translate it, it cannot be so, so bad that there wouldn't be one person in support of you. No matter how bad it is, there will still be one person that will stand to encourage you, to support you, to love you, to lift you up from that pit. I ask God to anoint me, anoint my voice so I can sing. There are some songs that I really want to sing in this message. (laughs) You know, there's a song that says, you don't have to worry and you don't have to be afraid. It says, joy comes in the morning and troubles, they don't last always. But what? Who 
wipe your tears away And if your heart is broken Just lift your hands and say I know that I can stand No matter what may come my way My life is in your hands With Jesus I can make it With him I know I can stand No matter what may come my way My life is in your hands. No matter what comes my way, with Jesus, I can make it. And with him, I know that I can stand. So whatever it is that you're facing today, know that with Jesus on your side, you will make it. And if you made it yesterday... You will make it today. And if you make it today, you will make it tomorrow. If you make it tomorrow, you will make it next year. Because he's a God that never changes. He wouldn't see you through the problems today and say tomorrow, you're on your own. That is not the God that we serve. The Bible says... I'll read this, Ephesians 1, 11. It says, because we are united in Christ Jesus, it says we have received an inheritance from God. And what is that inheritance? The inheritance is that he chose us in advance. So if God chose us in advance, how would he now leave us? Hebrews 13 says, I would never leave you, no, forsake you. He created us. He has a responsibility for us. So even if everybody else forsakes us, he would never forsake us because that is his word and that's the assurance that we have that when we call upon him, he hears us. And that's why it's important that we know who we are. He says he makes everything work out according to, not your plan, not not anybody else's, but but according to his plan. He says, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were formed, he had a picture So there's nothing that you are going through today that God does not already know. Not only does he know it, he has an answer. So why don't we just go back to the manual for our lives? God, I don't know why, I don't know how, but I know that because you created me, there is a solution. Do I know why I've been rejected? No. But I know the God I serve knows. For years and years and years, I asked, why did my dad have to die when he died? My dad died when he was 40 years old. 
For years, I asked those questions. I had to pull myself up. Because I might not be where I am today had he been alive. I'm not ashamed to say it. I was a spoiled brat. I was a daddy's girl. I got everything I wanted. But then, do you know that sometimes that is a detriment to our lives? So this, the life I had to go through, the life I go through, I wouldn't have it any other way. Because I know God has my back. And for each one of us this morning, don't ask God why. Just say, God, whatever the situation, whatever the pass by, whatever the rejections, whatever the push aside, whoever it is that has used me, abused me, thrown me out, I know you're there for me, Lord. And I know that you'll pick me out from that pit and you set my feet upon a rock. And that's God's message for us this morning. That whatever it is, whatever the situation, God will always be there for us. One clause. One clause. Walk in love. Walk in love. We cannot ask God to fight our battles for us if we are wanting to fight those battles. But when you walk according to the manual God has given you, he will fight your battles. He's fought my battles so many times. What does the Bible say? The stone that the builders reject has become the head cornerstone. God is wanting to rewrite some of your testimonies this morning. Allow him to. Put everything into God's hands. You might not understand it and you don't need to understand it. As long as God understands it, that's what matters. Let God take control. Let God turn that situation around. Let God lift you up from that Marie clay. Let God put your feet on a higher ground. Let God help you to push forward, to move forward. Don't fight your battles. If you've been rejected, don't fight back. When you fight back, this is what God does. But when you say, Lord, I don't understand it, I place it in your hands. God says, okay, you trust me, I'll do it for you. It's like a little child who's so dependent on his parents. And that's why the Bible talks about little children coming to God, coming to Christ. 
because their hearts are so pure. So I encourage you this morning, if you face rejection, it's not over. It's not the end. It's actually just the beginning. If it's a situation at work, it's an opportunity for you to do the things God has called you to do. It's an opportunity for you to start that business. If it's a situation in your relationship, it's a time for you to pick up your Bible and to study the word of God. And don't be surprised, God will probably get you to start praying for that person that's rejected you. God has a sense of humor. But when he says do it, I beg of you, do it. Because doing the things that God's asking us to do opens doors for us. Like I said, you don't have to understand it. Just do it. God bless you. Join us for our weekly Sunday service at 10.30am at 336 Brixton Road. We hope you were blessed.